Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Wind Up, a Pitch podcast, where I, your host, Aaron Thompson, will take you through everything that happened on the week's latest episode of Pitch on Fox. Welcome back to the Wind Up, everyone. This time, we've got ourselves a beanball war and a lot to talk about. Oh, we have a couple pretty great guest stars this episode with uh, Wendy Malik as Maxine Armstrong. And for anyone that may not recognize the name without the face, she's been in tons of stuff over the years, like the Rush Hour TV series that uh, got canceled, I believe, a few weeks ago. And uh, she's in Hot in Cleveland that made Betty White even more amazing than she already was. And just so many things going back to the 80s. And she even has done a ton of voice work. And she was in The Emperor's New Groove, I believe, as Chi-Chi. And uh, our other guest star, our other big guest star, new one, is Shamir Anderson as Trevor Davis. And he's most widely known for starring in Winona Earp on Sci-Fi. And just a quick plug for him. It's an amazing show based on a comic of the same name from IDW. Now, the relationships on that show are just as great as the ones here on Pitch. If you love action, adventure, and all things supernatural, you'll love it too. And the sister relationship between Winona and Waverly is just amazing, and I can't wait for season two of that to start. So if you like all that stuff, if you think Shamir was great in this episode then go on, uh, you can find Winona on Sci-Fi's website and just support them and support season two. It's going to be amazing. Now, straight into Jenny and Pitch. We uh, start off at a baseball game like a normal thing. (laughs) The commentators at the start are saying it's Buck's first game and like my heart aches when they say that. Because, like I said in the last episode, I've become extremely attached to Al. Like, he screws up. And it's obvious that he screws up. But it's also extremely obvious that he loves his team so much. Like, he wants what's best for him. His players are his family. And he just can't seem to keep his foot out of his mouth. So, sometime between last week's episode and the start of this one... We just assume Al's been fired, and I was starting to think that was that. Like, we just wouldn't see him getting fired, and he would just vanish into the void of plot holes that so many shows have. And thankfully, that's not the case, because it shifts back in time a few hours to see the build-up. But before the shift, a regular viewer just, they have no idea what's going on with Jenny. It just seems like a big deal that she's getting up to hit because someone, like, some mysterious thing happened in the last inning. Then the commentators finally mention that she's in the middle of a beanball war. And to the non-baseball enthusiasts, like, a beanball war at the very base of what it is. It's just, it means some, Jenny hits somebody with a pitch. And the unwritten rule is, like, if the pitcher hits someone, then the pitcher can get hit back. And beanball wars usually lead to like teams clearing the benches, fighting, people getting ejected. Like one guy even d- 
died getting hit by a ball to the head. I can't remember his name right now, but he's the only one that died from a hit to the head. So a beanball war is a, a serious thing. People can get seriously injured. And you could tell that Blip and Mike are ready to go for a fight when Jenny steps up to the plate. And then Pitch flies at the screen and cuts the black and pushes us seven hours in past. Now, with the time jump, we see what pretty much everyone was assuming would happen at the end of last week's episode. So, Mike and Amelia are in bed, and then when they were done, stuff with Jenny happened, whatever. I wanted to slap Mike, because he makes enough food for two people. There's like four pieces of toast with, I'm guessing, some kind of avocado spread on top, and a huge plate just full of what looked like egg whites or something. And Amelia comes down, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have time for breakfast. I have to go. And he's just like, oh, this is all for me. I'm just like, Mike Lawson, even if the food is all for you, you play it off like you made half of it for her. You know how this works. You're going to be seeing Amelia all the time. You don't just blow her off in the morning like another one of your Uber drivers. So it's like, offer her food, even if you fully intend to eat every single bit of it. It's the thought that counts, Mike Lawson. Now, at this point, Frank knows that Oscar and Buck have talked about taking over the managing the team. And the look on Buck's face is like, yeah, I have to be okay with it or I'll get fired too. And he just goes about a, his day after seeing Maxine's cars in the garage at the stadium. Now, in the locker room, Jenny not dating players is brought up again because she gets a bottle of champagne and a card from Drake. Like, THE Drake. When Tommy makes this remark that she'll date rappers but not ballplayers, and she's just like, I'm not dating Drake, I'm not going out on a date with him, I don't even know Drake. But I know ballplayers, and I don't care if they're rappers or doctors, I'm not dating you. And the fact comes up that Tommy should be getting off the disabled list today, so, one player has to get sent back down to the minors, and just by assumptions and the nature of what the show is, like, no one expects it to be Jenny that is getting moved back down. And then, they're not gonna have Tommy come off the disabled list and then send him right back down to the minors. So, we knew that Jenny was a fifth place starter, so there are a few other choices to get moved back down. And then, a little meeting between Ginny and Mike goes on, and there's so much stuff going on in it. Is there's the surface stuff, if it's just a catcher and captain laying out the game plan for his pitcher and a trainer's working on him. Then when he's getting worked on, like there's so many pops and cracks of all of his joints. The camera comes out some enough to see his legs, and there's KT tape all over them. He's got an ankle brace or just, like, more tape on one ankle. Then both legs are covered in KT tape from halfway down his calves up under his shorts, like, probably about halfway up his quad muscles. 
And when I saw that, all I could think of is, like, maybe Mike really should just bite the bullet and move to first base, like somebody said to him the last episode. Because there's just no telling how much pain he's in on a regular basis. And on top of that, Jenny mentions the code, because they're going against the guy that broke Tommy's hand and put him on the disabled list. So Jenny wants to follow the code, get payback, but Mike doesn't want her to. It's like, it's not the game to get payback. And a wiffle ball would hurt more than anything you threw. And like, that's mostly true, considering the fact that she has the slowest fastball in the league. Like, it's still going to hurt if she hits somebody, but it's not going to be as painful as what Falcone, the Cardinals pitcher, did when he hit Tommy. Then... We get back to one of the good old flashbacks. <laughs> oh, the the more they go on, the more I'm starting to get over the flashbacks. Like I understand why they're in the show, and I appreciate showing the difference between Ginny and the majors and then Ginny and the minors. To me, some of them are just feeling really expository and bogged down, and that was my fear when I saw them doing so many flashbacks in the first two episodes. So I'm just hoping that they'll start to move away from the flashbacks. Because I understand a couple every now and then, but some of them are just unnecessary. So about episode six, I'm hoping the flashbacks will be completely gone. Or just maybe one flashback if there's something that's super important. And episode six is when Lindsay Fonseca is coming in, according to EW. Uh, she's gonna play a waitress named Kara that befriends Jenny, shows her what normal people their age do, and I'm really hoping that'll become a recurring role and Jenny will have a friend of her own. And later on in this episode, Jenny's told she needs to find a friend and let him in, so I'm hoping Kara will be that friend for her. Like, one, because I love Lindsay Fonseca. <laughs> she was great in Nikita, she was great in Agent Carter, and... Anytime she's on my screen, I'm happy. And two, because Jenny just needs a friend. Because she said in the first episode when she broke down to her dad's ghost, like, she doesn't have friends. She doesn't have hobbies. She's just a robot in cleats. So I'm wanting that to happen. And then I'm just hoping that when episode six comes around, it won't be a thing where Kara is just going to be friends with her because Jenny's famous. Like, I want it to be a true, genuine friendship, if that happens. And, uh, back to the episode. We go in the flashback. We're in San Antonio again, but this time Jenny is with Blip and Evelyn. So it shows that they really were friends when they played in minors together. And we see Shamir Anderson's character, Trevor, for the first time. He sends over a drink for Jenny, and Evelyn's like, well, why isn't he sending me a drink? She's like, I'm cute, too. I want something, and Blip is just like, I'm right here. <laughs> it's basically his reaction. But he just plays it off. Like, he's not sending you anything because he doesn't want to have to deal with me. And Jenny, like, makes it clear again that, like, dating players, like, that she's not going to do it. It's her code to not date players. So she already has to work harder than everyone else because she's a girl and has her biology working against her. 
then she has to make sure no one talks crap about her for dating players because it can be taken in a very wrong way. Because a couple of consenting adults just having a relationship, having fun, just whatever they might do turns into using people and it's just not a good thing and it's an uphill battle if Jenny decides to date players. So Evelyn makes it clear right when Trevor steps up, Jenny doesn't date ball players, and he's just like, I'm not much of a ball player, I couldn't hit her however many times. So he's like, it's just a drink, and he just goes back to a seat at the bar. So back to present day, and we finally see Al. So at this moment, he still hasn't been fired. So something happens in the span of probably about five hours at this point and um to make him not be the coach and buck being in his first major league or coaching his first major league game and him and buck are watching tommy throw buck tells him frank's there and so is max and he means maxine armstrong and that's when we find out that she's another one of the padres owners Al, like, feels it coming. He's like, the owners are there circling around. I'm gonna get fired today. And Buck tells him he's not the kind of guy to take someone's woman or take a man's job. But if he's going anyway, he wouldn't mind his day in the sun. And not a lot of ball clubs are looking to hire a 67-year-old coach. And he's right. Because, for example, the real Padres manager, Andy Green, was born in 1977, and making him only, like, 39 years old. But... Al tells him it's his club, and he's not ready to let it go, and they'll have to take it from him. And we finally see who they're going to send down uh, back to the minors with Tommy coming off the disabled list. And Oscar and Al agree that they're going to send Wu Jen down. We saw him for probably about 30 seconds earlier in the episode when Jenny got the champagne from Drake. Like He's the Korean guy does not speak English at all. He just laughs when other people laugh, things like that. So Oscar says he'll find his translator to tell him, but Al wants to tell him himself. Like, it's a personal thing when you're trying to, or when you're having to send somebody from the major leagues down to the minor leagues. And it's kind of like firing someone. Is uh, For example, there's this one restaurant called uh, Cheddar Scratch Kitchen. It's pretty big in the eastern United States, but the one in my town just, like, closed unexpectedly. No one knew anything. Like, people are going in, having lunch and dinner and everything the day before. Next day, closed. And the workers found out by showing up for their shifts to a locked door and a piece of paper taped on the door saying that they were closed, like, thanks for your business, whatever. So imagine, like, that kind of feeling if, like, a translator is the one that you're having, like, is the one telling you that you're fired instead of your boss. That's, like, in the Cheddar's instance, like, if you're getting fired, you want a person to tell you, you want, like, your boss to say, sorry, we're closing, whatever. You don't want to just show up and get blindsided by everything. So... Al wants to do it. He says he want, likes to look a man in the eye, tell him the good whatever news, if it's good or bad. 
and Oscar is like, no, I'll do it. Um, you have a lot on your plate today, yada yada. And Al was like, yep, I'm getting fired today. And Oscar is in the clubhouse now. He tells his assistant, Rhonda, to get the translator for him. And his name's Pac. But Pac has the flu. So Al had told him before not to come near the clubhouse. Because if a player gets sick, the whole team is screwed. So Oscar's solution is to just get him on the phone. And to me, that makes everything worse. Like, he's already not letting the coach be the one to send Wujin down. And on top of that, he's just going to have his translator like do it over the phone. Because that's just imagining that is a horrible feeling. Now, the game is about to start. Al goes to exchange lineups with the Cardinals manager and the umpires and everything. Al just wants the umpire to protect his hitters, knowing uh, Falcone from the Cardinals just throws crazy. He doesn't want someone getting hurt like Tommy did however many months ago. And what seems like a simple request, he's just like, let me know if I wrote the names too small, turns into like, are you talking crap about me? He's like, what do you mean? Did, did you write them too small? He's like, you don't have your glasses. Did you write, did I write them too small? So it turns into Al and umpire just like yelling back and forth, taking shots at each other. Al gets kicked out of the game before they even play the national anthem and tells Buck, it's my last game and it's your first. That's what happened. But you know, he's got to have some kind of a plan. Because he told Buck earlier he wasn't ready to give up the club, and getting ejected like that is practically the nail in the coffin when you know that you're on the edge of getting fired. So we get another flashback. We're back in Texas. Jenny goes against her code and goes out on a date with Trevor. It's supposed to just be drinks, but they order food, so that turns into a date. And she... Part of her explanation of her code is saying half the ball players are misogynists. They don't think she belongs here. They have all this crap to say about her. And the other half are worse. Because they're good guys and they don't want her to get hurt. So after a short conversation, it's Trevor saying that like, he can't hit for power. He can't hit like at all. He's not fast. He's just going to stop playing baseball at the end of the season because they're not going to make it to the playoffs. He like can go to college. He was gotten like I think it was Cal Poly. I might be wrong on that. But he was just going to stop. He's going to go to college cuz he's smart. And she's like, "Okay." Um and he, she lets him pay for it making it an official date. And they hook up. All kinds of stuff goes on. <laughs> it's like they're making out on his truck and he goes to open the truck and she's like, no, let's make out more. <laughs> and you can't help but wonder when he's actually going to show up in person outside of a flashback. Because we she got a text from him in present day saying, okay, let's get a drink. But during the game... Like, game's going out on out on the field. Al is kicked out. He's starting to change. And he gets this fancy table for two set up in the clubhouse. Because 
the other staff from the team is like, okay, there's a cool, good spread set up. You want a meatball sandwich or whatever? And he's like, no, I need a table for two. need menus from here or whatever. So he's getting that all set up. And Oscar is still trying to find a translator to send Wujin back down to the minors. The Cardinals pitchers throwing pitches like really far on the inside. And Jenny still wants to get payback for him hitting Tommy in the last game they played. And Mike still doesn't want her to. She thinks he's one of the worst people that don't want her to get hurt. And he just tells her there's other ways to go about it. And Tommy's giving Jenny these looks like, why are you trying to get revenge against this guy for me? Because he's been so awful to her since she joined. So... Mike hits a home run, and Amelia is up in the suite. She starts cheering with, like, a ton of excitement. Like, I've never seen her cheer this happily since the show started. And I could start to tell that the relationship between her and Mike might not be too good. Like, for them, probably great. For the betterment of everyone around them, probably not too good. Because last week, I know I said I was pretty okay with it, but she goes from not even focusing on the game at all to just cheering a ton when he does something good. And I don't think that feeling would be really reciprocated from Mike. uh, If it was just a casual thing on both sides, I'd still be completely fine with them. But the way things started going in this episode, I'm just not really sure if I'm pro or anti Mike and Amelia anymore and game's still going on go back to the clubhouse and Maxine Armstrong joins Al at his table and you can tell that this was part of his plan at this point like there's nothing that really says exactly what his plan is yet but the co-owner of the club is there he knows he's getting fired today and he does not want that to happen back Back up on the field, Jenny hits Falcone with a pitch, and he is pissed. He's walking to first, he's like, your next girlfriend, and the umpire gives Jenny a warning, gives both benches a warning, that next time someone hits another player, they're getting ejected. So Mike takes the walks in the mound to try to explain the code, but Jenny's like, I know, I hit them, they get to hit me. So, at the end of the inning, Blip and Mike are just looking at her like, girl, what are you doing? But Tommy looks at her and kind of gives her this little smile and a nod. Like, it's not a verbal thank you, and she's not even looking at him. But it seems like that's kind of what the nod was. Or it could just mean, like, hey, you're not too bad after all. Then, back up in the box, Evelyn and Daniela, Oscar's daughter... Like, they know exactly what's going on. They've been around baseball forever. She's daring the other pitcher to hit her back. Now, Elliot just thinks it's an accident. Amelia has no idea what they're talking about and runs down to the field to try to stop it. The sponsor that Amelia's been talking to is, like, real quick, just grab her phone and figure out something. Then Oscar comes in... And he's just, like, desperate for a translator to talk to Wujin. So he's asked Elliot if he's Korean and if he knows Korean. He's like, uh, I know a little. I know hello and goodbye. Oh, and eggplant. I don't know why eggplant would be a word that he knew, but he knows how to say eggplant. <laughs> and, uh, a quick side note. 
I love the in-character commercials Coles has been doing during the show. Like, Elliot's just doing his thing, running social media, talking to Jenny during her workouts, and he's just, like, ready to make her smoothies. And just in case you were wondering what's in those smoothies, according to Tim Joe, it's a little fruit, protein, and love. (laughs) And, uh, back to Al's plan with Maxine. She tells him she can't save his job. Because Frank is the one that makes all decisions related to baseball, even though he's a minority owner. But she wants to save Al's job because he was her hire. So Al spins it saying, like, look, if you fire me, it's going to look like Jenny is a spoiled girl and got her coach fired for offending her and it wouldn't be fair to Jenny. So he puts up a proposition to let him finish the season and he'll retire at the end of it if they still want him gone. And when you think about it, like, so many people are already against Jenny that if they do fire Al, it really would be unfair to her. Because, like, Al's been in the game for a long time, so it would look like this new rookie female just ruined this man's career and got him kicked out when he was so close to what probably would be the end of his career. And he wants a World Series, and he does not have that with the Padres yet. Now, Buck is in the dugout. He's trying to take Jenny out of the game, and Mike is like, yeah, take her out, because they don't want her to get hit. But she wants to stay in, saying she's good, she's still got two innings left in her, and Tommy's like, let her stay in, like, give her another inning, she earned it. So, she's like, it's not my first beanball war, I know what I'm doing. So, (laughs) she gets ready to go back on the field, and Buck comes up, like, this isn't your first beanball game, is it? Uh, and she's like, nope, never had one before. And before she goes out, the Cardinals switch their catcher and their pitcher. And it almost seems like they want Jenny to get hit. Because Falcone was the one that threatened her. And he's taken out. But he's replaced by a guy that leads the league and hit batsmen. So, Jenny steps up to bat, and I want her to get a hit so bad. Because they focus so much on her pitching, but there's the opposite side of baseball, too. Like, you have to be able to score runs, and we haven't seen Jenny hit a bat yet. Not hit a bat. I haven't seen her hit a ball yet. And I want that for her. And I'm just like, do it for Drake. Jenny, you could do it. Then we go back in time again after seeing Shamir, like after seeing Shamir Anderson as Xavier Dolls on Winona Earp, I never thought I would see him smiling this much and it not be creepy. Then <laughs> uh, Trevor talks Jenny into coming to his games, sitting in the stands. He wants to show her off. And flashbacks like this one are ones that I wish they'd just leave out and do something more with a smaller character like Evelyn or Blip or Elliot and the current timeline. Because this one, in my opinion, is just not necessary. It was just Jenny and Trevor at a driving range kissing. Then she was at his game and he got pulled off base and it went right back to the present day. There just wasn't enough substance in it to warrant another flashback scene to me. And when it comes back to the present time, we've caught back up to where the show started. 
and Amelia has got down to the dugout. She's like yelling at Lawson that he can't let Jenny hit because she's all about marketing and making Jenny a brand and she doesn't want her face to be broken. And it cuts back to the actual pitches. First pitch real close to Jenny's face. And he throws two more and they're both balls. So she's 3 and 0. She steps out of the box to stop the pitches for a second. And she's asking pitcher and the catcher if they're afraid of hurting her. Uh, umpire's like, just get back in the box. Catcher tells her to get back in the box. And she doesn't want to. Then the catcher stands up, pulls his mask off. And it's Trevor telling her to get back in the damn box. And, like, again, we get another flashback. And this one, we just find out that Trevor's just got traded to the Cardinals. Jenny's not happy about it, saying he lied to her because he knew that he was getting scouted for like a month or more. And it's just another flashback we didn't really need. Because I love the show and I love Shamir Anderson. Getting to see him in another show was great. But it's almost at that point that some of the flashbacks are just unneeded filler. And especially when this one and the last one are just so short, they could have just been combined if they wanted to keep both of them. And that would make more sense than these super short, unnecessary flashbacks. So Jenny gets walked, and she just wants to get beamed, because she wants to get treated the same as everyone else. Uh, she just starts going at the pitcher. That leads to Trevor going in front of her, and kind of, like, telling her to keep walking, you already started, just go, go take your base, and she starts shoving him, and he, like, pushes his chest into her a little bit, then just out of nowhere, Tommy runs in like a bullet and tackles Trevor to the ground, and both benches empty, the bullpen's empty, Blip is out of the jumble of players, like, tr pushing, fighting, everything, he's just making sure Jenny's okay, and Evelyn is just screaming from the box for him to get in there, like, throw a punch, just be a man. So after that, Jenny and Tommy both get ejected. When they're all walking off the field, Tommy holds his fist out for her, and they do a little fist bump. And all of Tommy being an asshole up to this point was kind of just forgotten with me, and I need them to be best friends now is they go through the tunnel together for the, to the clubhouse and I wish like I really wish they could have cut out some of the flashbacks and shown Jenny and Tommy going into the clubhouse together and in the locker room because I feel like whatever conversation they probably had in there was important to their relationship and it could have been something that could have been great and explored and it was cut because of flashbacks. Or it probably wasn't even thought about being shot. But I feel like it was something that really could have been done and was a missed opportunity. In the meantime, Max and Frank are having a meeting. It's basically what it boils down to is if Frank fires Al, then Maxine will make sure that Frank is ousted from their tech company and in turn the club. Because you can't be part of the tech company that owns the club. Or you can't be kicked out of the tech company that owns the club and still be in the club. 
So Frank comes down and tells Al, like, whatever rumors you've heard about you being fired or Vince settled. And now I'm wondering, like, if Frank just gave in to Maxine or if he's actually fired. Because the conversation the two of them had, it seemed like Frank was out the door. But then he's down in the clubhouse telling Al that. So I think we'll just have to wait till next week to know definitively if Frank still has his job or not as the acting owner of the Padres. And ask, uh, Oscar starts talking to Al and says they still don't have an interpreter to tell Wu Jin he's getting sent back down to the minors. So Al is like, oh, I got this. Calls Wu Jin over. And he just speaks perfect Korean to him. It was just mind-blowing that, especially that Dan Loria, uh, the actor that plays Al, could learn that, like, really good pronunciations and everything in Korean to get the message across. And, just, like, Oscar is mind-blown that Al is speaking Korean. And... He lets Wujin know they're sending him down, and he's just like, okay. And he bows a little, walks back to his locker. And I think that just drives home the point even more how much Al cares about his players, that he learned at least some Korean to be able to give Wujin the respect of giving him the news himself. Like, he probably learned a lot of things in Korean to make sure that he could look in a man in the eye and tell him good news or bad. Because that's the kind of guy Al is. And I'm so glad that Maxine could save his job. Because I want him to do so much with the team. And after that, there's just a lot of stuff going on in a short amount of time. Because Jenny, Jenny meets Daniela, Oscar's daughter. And gets a picture with her. And she's like... Sorry, I lost my cool. I don't really have a hang on this role model stuff yet. And she's a Daniela. She's like, it's cool. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Oscar tells her that him and his wife are getting a divorce. Amelia tells Mike she'll yell at the Pope to protect Jenny. And Mike's back is killing him. Then Blip and Evelyn are together again. And I love them together so much. I wish there were more scenes with the two of them. And she tells him he could have gotten a fight, at least pushed somebody, and he's just like, I didn't want the one-game suspension or the $10,000 fine. He's like, I know that's just a handbag for you, that's a lot of money to me. Because I feel like Blip, like Blip genu genuinely loves playing baseball, like he loves the game. And Evelyn loves the money that comes with the game. Like, she loves Blip too, like, no doubt about it. But the money that he's making is a pretty good extra bonus. <laughs> and the suspension that he would have gotten if he kept on with the fight, that uh, makes me assume there's going to be a little bit of a time jump between uh, what goes on in this episode and what goes on in the next episode. Because Jenny would be suspended the next game, just like Blip would have been if he got in a fight. So, as it stands right now, Jenny and Tommy should both be suspended for whatever their next game would be. And 
Jenny finally goes to talk to Trevor since he was just standing there in the tunnel waiting for and there's another flashback. This one's after Trevor's traded, her teammate wants to sleep with her because he wants to make it to the show and it worked for Trevor Davis. And that's literally all that happens in that flashback. And it just further makes me feel that the flashbacks are just getting really overused. Because I know the point they were trying to prove. I understand it. And it drives in how serious Jenny is at this point now of not dating players and not getting close to players in any kind of romantic way after that. But we get that by now. Just with her persistence with Tommy and the other guys, how she doesn't date players. I don't think we really needed that flashback to tell us again about how not okay she is with dating players. Then present day Trevor apologizes for how things ended in Texas and he drops this bomb that he got hacked. And they got access to, like, bank accounts, passwords, and all of this pictures. And pictures of him and Jenny from the road. <laughs> and he tells her it's like, all this celebrity doesn't really go away. She needs to find a friend and let him in because it's all of this is way too much for one person. Then the last scene of the show is a conversation with Mike. And he's wondering why she was talking to Trevor like, there must be bad blood. Why are you talking to the guy you got in a fight with? So, he, she is like, uh, oh, he's just an old friend. It's no big deal. We used to play against each other. And he lets her know that none of the rookies he's seen through the years have been like her. Because of what she's having to go through. Not because she's a girl. And Jenny asks him if he plays golf, trying to see if he could be that friend that she needs to let in, basically. Then Tommy invites Jenny out for drinks, and it made me so happy that he's finally accepted her since he was the main one against her since the beginning. And uh, this friend that Jenny needs to let in, there's three choices that I would totally be okay with saying that I would nominate to be Jenny Baker's BFF. One is Tommy, because I just love so much that he's finally cool with her. And there could be a lot of good pitcher-to-pitcher -pitcher bonding. My second choice would be Elliot, because Tim Joe is hilarious. And I'd love for him to get some more screen time and get along with Jenny, especially since he's running her social media accounts. And my third choice is, like I said earlier, Lindsay Fonseca's character, Kara, for episode six. Because just from the very little they've told us about her, I feel like she'd be a great addition and anytime Lindsay can be on my screen is a good time for me. And the promo for next week looks really promising. Jenny's been named to the All-Star team. And you can't help but wonder, like, did she get named because she deserves it? Or because the league wants the viewers and the attendance and the ticket sales and the merchandise sales? Because it's a good business move to put Jenny on the All-Star team. But is it good with, for relationships with the other players? And Mike is a commentator on the show. And he's talking about how tough Jenny is. She gets back up no matter what's thrown at her. She's tougher than I am. 
and we finally get real screen time of Jenny's mom because in the pilot we saw her in the crowd but there were no real conversations or anything with her and from the looks of it it's not a very happy family reunion so for next week will Frank be there or will he not be there will Jenny start to find that friend that she needs or will it be like really all-star game central and Jenny's relationship with her mom and uh well, she had that endorsement deal Amelia was trying to get her. What's the reaction going to be to her all-star selection? What are we going to get in the flashbacks of Jenny with her dad? Because Mike Beach is going to be back again for at least one flashback. There's just no telling what's going to go on. But the one thing that I know I really want to happen is I want to see Jenny Baker get a hit in a Major League Baseball game. Oh, normally I just end the show right there, but there's something super important that needs to be said. If you can, tune in tonight to the presidential debates. If you're a cable cutter, it should be available on YouTube, probably CNN.com, like so many other places online that you will be able to find the debates somewhere. Now, I'm not going to try to sway people one way or another. But I'll just say, no matter what side you're on, this election is important. Every vote counts. No matter how many times people say, oh, my vote doesn't count. I live in a red state. It's always going to be in a red state. This election matters. Because, like, there's so many problems with both candidates. There are some good things with both if you look at things through whatever colored glasses that you prefer, you can find good things with both of them. You could find a lot of bad things with both. And if you want to vote for a third party candidate, that's on you. Just vote who you believe would be the best person to run this country. But uh, tune in, make sure you're registered to vote. If you don't know, you can go to rockthevote.com. You can check your voter registration there. If you're not registered, you can register to vote there. And uh, be sure to do it soon. Some of the voter registration deadlines are coming up in the next couple of weeks. So um, if you have any questions, if you just want to talk, you can go on and tweet me. And have a great day. And that has been this week's episode of The Windup. You can follow me, Aaron Thompson, on Twitter at atinyspark 22 you can follow Pitch at Pitch on Fox. Be sure to tune in every Thursday night at 9, 8 central when the new episode airs. And any episodes you've missed, you can catch them on fox.tv slash watch pitch and be sure to subscribe to the windup for the next episode. 